Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, we are recording this show on a Monday in the morning, which is not our normal routine. So here's the thing, Trish. If, what is one tip or life hack or just piece of advice you have for trying to get yourself going on a Monday morning when it may be difficult to get yourself you know, into the swing of things, uh, especially on a Monday? What, what's the one thing you might do to sort of jumpstart your day? I think that you should always make your bed. I'm a big okay. fan of making your bed because I feel like if you start out making your bed, you've already accomplished one thing. I do feel pretty good about myself, and I would say I probably achieve that 90% of the time. I like that a lot. Good tip. Yeah. Making your bed because you've already, you've, you've done something anyway. Either that or some small chore, I would even say. So whether that's unloading your dishwasher, throwing in a load of laundry, do a chore, like some chore that's very quick, very easy. Boom. Check mark. You've got one check mark already for the day. How about yeah. you? That is so funny, Trish. We do not uh, talk about this in advance. You do not know the question. I do not know your answer. Literally, my answer was about the same. It wasn't make my bed. I probably never do that. But it was accomplish something off the bat. The sm even the smallest thing you can do. And I literally was thinking this morning, I was having a little tough time getting going this morning, I will admit, which was uh, the genesis of this question. And I unloaded my dishwasher. That was like the first oh, thing see? I did there you go. while coffee was being made. And I felt good about that at least. And then slowly yeah. kind of ramped it up and, and got going today. So Okay. Anyway, so we're here. We're going to try to power through this quick. Uh, it's a, one of our favorite shows, a little bit of a different spin on one of our favorite shows, the Workplace Movie Hall of Fame series. Today, we thought instead of breaking down one movie, you know, for 30 or 40 minutes, we're going to take a look at some of the best workplace themes or scenes from across the wide range of movies. So things like what's our favorite job interview scene? What's our favorite firing scene? What's our favorite onboarding scene? So we got a few categories. We'll get to as many of them as we can. We each have picked out little selections that we'll talk about. And if I get clever enough in the edit, Trish, maybe we'll dub in some of the real audio from these clips. Oh, that there you go. That's about. a good we'll idea. We'll figure that out. So you like I, two of those. That'd be fun. Yeah, a couple of them will be great. And some of them are uh, definitely not safe for work as well. So we'll have to be a little careful about that too. A couple of yeah. my favorites, especially. Mine too. Uh, Okay, so let's start with best interview scene, Trish. Best job interview scene from a movie. I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, tell me one of them that you really like and why. So it's funny because we, again, we didn't collaborate before the show on this. We each sort of like did our own research and whatever. I actually didn't choose an interview scene okay. as one of my top scenes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a pass. I'm going to let you pick your favorite scene. Oh my um, gosh. I've got some other categories. I was trying to... Obviously, it's very easy to do like interview scenes, quitting your job scenes, things like that. So I was trying to be a little bit out of the box on some of mine. So I'll hold. All right. So I, I will. I will pick one, and then I want you to go to your next category that you want to talk about next. So I. This is a little bit of a cop out because we just did the podcast with Kyle Ewing from Google about the Google internship program, the movie The Internship with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson came out a few years ago. I still think that scene is hysterical when Vince and Owen are video interviewing with the two folks from Google, right? And trying to figure out the video and they're yelling and they, and, <laughs> and they, the folks from Google give them one of those and they don't use them anymore. They famously kind of went away from these weird questions, but the, at the time, the, all the rage was these brain teaser kinds of questions, yeah. right? And so yeah. the, 
the Google person asked Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, like, okay, let's pretend you've been shrunk down to the size of a nickel and you've been put in a blender. How do you, what do you do next? Like that was the question. And, and Vince and Owen in like a minute spin this whole scenario. Wait a minute, now we're nickel sized men. Now we're saving lives. It's incredible. And it's so funny. It's a minute and 45 seconds. I, I, everyone should watch this. It, it's such, it's so funny. It's clever. And also kind of a spoof a little bit on that style of interview question, which, mm-hmm. you know, admittedly has kind of fallen out of favor. And I think for a good reason. Yeah, I think so too. You know what, you're right. I do like that one. I think also with that, it's just that whole idea of video interviewing at the time of when that movie took place. Yeah. It, was a little, it was still a little bit foreign, but now that we're all into being on video all the time, I think that's probably going to be great for these video interviewing companies because everyone at least is a little more comfortable or we're comfortable when things don't go well with the video, which happens yeah. pretty much at least once a day. So, so well, that's yeah. a good one. Love that scene. Uh, honorable mention, uh, the Dustin Hoffman, Kramer versus Kramer interview scene where he essentially demands that the two guys, the two uh, hiring manager types make a decision on the spot about whether or not to give them a job is a pretty good scene as well. So, all right, Trish, you, I want you to go next. I want you to pick one of these categories and one of these uh, movie scenes that uh, struck a chord with you. Well, I, you know what, I went with a little bit different category and the one that I watched was Working Girl. Do you remember that movie? Um, that I was do. With Melanie Griffith, Sigourney Weaver, Weaver back in 1988. All right. Deep but in the archive. I know it's way, it's way back, but it was funny because again, trying, we've watched movies from the eighties and seventies before and Sometimes it's pretty cringy um, by today's standards. However, we're gonna kind of put some of the normal comments aside. And also I'll just say, for some of mine, I tried to pick scenes that were not as well known or like the most famous scenes or famous quotes. But anyway, there's a good scene there where uh, Sigourney Weaver is the boss and Melanie Griffith is her assistant, Tess. And Tess is really, it's all about Tess trying to, you know, work her way up to, mm-hmm. you know, to greatness. But there's this scene about, um, I would call it best boss advice. Well, I don't know, best is a weird word, but boss advice, interesting boss advice. And so um, Melanie Griffith is is talking to her boss about the boss is so sure she's going to get proposed to by someone. She's describing it, Scorny Weaver's describing it as if it were like some sort of a a business deal. You know, she's like Mm, weighed the options and the opportunity and she's set the stage for the contract. And like, it's very, it's very businessy. Very transactional. Absolutely. And so, you know, the Melanie Griffiths character is very, you know, romantic and just rose colored glasses, but she says, well, what if he doesn't pop the question? And Sigourney Weaver, the boss says, you don't get anything from this world by waiting for it to come to you. And then she proceeds to tell her exactly how she's going to get what she wants and why she gets what she wants. And I just thought, you know what? I kind of like that. I like that they're, I've had, I've had bosses like her. Um, when I was in my twenties and they were in their forties and I'm just looking at them, like, I can't believe some of the things that come out of their mouth. But anyway, it was a really good scene about kind of just as a woman taking the ownership, but really it applies to everybody, right? Nothing, nothing's coming to you. You've got to just go take it. You've got to work for it and take it. So. Yeah. And, and that's a great example. And it's also pretty similar to that. I, I quickly mentioned that Kramer versus Kramer job interview scene where it's, it's the day, the last working day before Christmas, and Kramer, Dustin Hoffman in the movie shows up at this ad agency, basically demanding that they decide to give him a job right on the spot, or he's walking out and he even says something like, no, this is it. This is this offer lasts like for the next 10 minutes and then I'm out of here. And, it, and they do give him the job in, in the movie. So great yeah. example. Yeah. 
So that was a good one. I, I want to just go to one that's an all-time classic, one of my all-time favorites. I doubt we can splice this one into the show because we probably would have to label it uh, with, with a lot of offensive language, but it's my favorite onboarding scene ever, okay? A new employee onboarding scene. It comes from the movie Boiler Room, okay. and it's a speech given by Ben Affleck who plays kind of, you know, the guy running this company. The, for folks who don't remember Boiler Room, it's about uh, like a stock brokerage company, but one of those really kind of shady ones where they're they're called calling people and trying to sort of convince them to invest in these awful stocks and penny stocks and that kind of thing. And just, it's kind of a churn and burn kind of a place. And so there's a meeting, a big onboarding meeting with the new, uh, the new selection or the new cadre of recruits, right. Who are going to become the new stockbrokers. And in about a five minute scene punctuated with lots of curse words, Ben Affleck fires two people right in this onboarding meeting and then mm-hmm. kind of lays out, the culture of the organization, what's going to be, what's the expectations of the organization, how hard you're going to work, how to know if this organization's not for you. He has a great line in there about, you know, about being a winner and that kind of thing. And he says, you know, you know, pikers, they care about things like vacation. How many vacation days you get in your first year? And he says, you want vacation? Go teach public school, go teach third grade. That's not, this is not the place for you. And he he talks about like his car that he has and his big house and how they're all going to make a million dollars within three years. And this is a long time ago too. I mean, million dollars in three years is good now, but this is 15 or 20 years ago when this movie came out. But the very, very best part, I think, is when within 30 seconds of kicking off the onboarding meeting, he fires one of the guys in the meeting because the guy was a little disrespectful to one of the other new recruits. He kind of said something to him and Ben, ben Affleck throws him out of the meeting and fires him, which was awesome. So just, just Google boiler room Ben Affleck scene and, and watch it for five minutes and, and, and crack up. Not safe for work, by the way. So right. your headphones you on. What? I feel like there's always, you have, sometimes you got to do that. You've got to set the tone. And even if it's not firing someone, I have been the person who I had someone who worked for me, who was just not, not a nice person. And during a meeting, she disrespected me in a fairly big way. And I literally picked up my stuff and I, we were in a conference room and my office was all like a corner office all the way at the other end of the hall. This was like a pretty big deal. And I, I walked out of there and I I didn't say where I slammed the door so hard that every single door along the whole (laughs) wall shook and everyone came out. And I didn't say a word. And I mean, like that woman just groveled forever. And I told her, I said, if you ever say anything like that again, you're fired immediately on the spot. And like, so I would, I get being at that point, right? When someone is just, you're just tired of it. It's like, shut up. Yeah. We're done. We're done playing. No more playing. So I, I admire Ben Affleck in that scene. Love, love that scene. I, I've probably watched that scene 117 times in my life. All right, let's do one more quick, Trish, and then we'll take a break. Give me another one from your list. Workplace movie scenes, workplace scenario, just something from the archive that you thought is really pretty interesting and, and uh, stands out for you. Okay, so this one I thought was kind of funny. I don't know if you've seen the movie The Intern with Anne Hathaway. Yes. But- she is the boss. Obviously, she's a very young boss. And her intern is um, Robert De Niro, who is an older gentleman who, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to give away the, anything about it because I know it's an older movie, but people might still enjoy it. But anyway, there's a scene where, so he's basically her assistant. He has to do whatever she wants and, you know, the trials and tribulations. But there's a scene where she's, she's just very cold. She doesn't get to know anybody. Um, and, and she takes and internalizes everything. Her name is Jules. And his name is Ben. And Jules 
really kind of hurts Ben's feelings. Like Ben is kind of done with Jules at this point. And so she goes to the coffee shop where he's getting coffee and says to him basically that, you know, she's so sorry. She really, you know, to me, it's a, it's the best boss apologizing and kind of taking ownership. Okay. She apologizes to him, um, admits that she, you know, kind of her, she just shows her true kind of um, insecurities, which is rare from a boss. And says that he makes her feel calm and centered and won't he please come back. So, of course, he says yes. They go back. Now, the person who has been her right hand all along, Becky, she's now, Jules says, we're going to move Ben's desk over right by Becky. And she goes to Becky and Becky's disorganized. Ben is not. And she tells Becky, like, uh, basically, from now on, don't send anything to me. You're going to run everything by Ben first. Ooh, now, Becky yeah. probably does not like that. I'm so you guessing. can imagine Becky's face, how, how that would look when you're being told now, all of a sudden, you're going to tell the intern everything first before your boss, who is the CEO. And, and Becky's like freaking out. And she just, just very smugly looks at Becky. And she goes, don't worry, Becky, backup's good. But you can tell by Becky's face, you know, backup yeah. is not good. When you did, when the intern, no, it's not good. So, you know, Becky's days are numbered basically, but I thought it was a pretty good moment in a movie. Yeah, that's a great movie and probably worth a rewatch. I've not watched it in quite a while and I I probably worth queuing up again. Trish, let's take a quick break from the kind of workplace movie discussions and thank our sponsors, of course, who uh, make this all possible. And we are so uh, happy to be working with them all year. I'll I'll go first. Uh, This episode of the HR Happy Hour Show is made possible by Work Human. Now introducing Mood Tracker, a free modern voice of the employee tool built by data scientists, making it fast, easy, and actionable to get to the heart of organizational issues. You can learn more at workhuman.com slash mood tracker. And our podcast with Derek Irvine from Work Human is, by the time you hear this podcast, will have been up. And so hopefully go back in the archive if you have not uh, caught it and check that out because we're talking with him about his new book uh, along with Eric Mosley, Making Work Human, which is out now as well. So uh, thanks to Work Human. Yes, thank you also to um, amazing sponsor in our partnership with Paychex. Um, They are a leading provider of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for business of all sizes. And I want to tell you uh, really quickly about their 2020 Paychex Pulse of HR survey, which is out right now, um, free to anyone who wants to download that, um, which provides an in-depth look at how HR professionals are contributing to the success of the companies they serve. Um, with nearly nine in 10 saying they have a voice in overall company strategy. But I want to add a a little personal plug today because I actually went out to dinner the other night with an HR professional and she's new to her role and I'm not going to give away any customer names or anything, but suffice to say that when I said, well, what systems do you have, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to start there as we talk. And she said, I'm so excited because I listened to your show and I listened to you and Steve all the time. And we have paychecks. Oh, I love it. And she then proceeded to tell me how wonderful paychecks is as a practitioner, as someone who's new to human resources. So that was just so good to hear, right? From, from someone who's actually in the trenches, living and doing this every day. And then further to that, she had just signed up for Mood Tracker. So, well, great. So there you that's, go. that's the power of the HR Happy Hour show right there. More and example. she had just signed up for Work Human Live. So I feel like, you, you know, we, we have sponsors, but we always say this, we really believe in who we partner with. Like they have to have a good product. They have to have a good culture and really treat their clients well. And I think that was just an interesting conversation, like completely unplanned where I 
basically heard good things about both of awesome. our sisters. So. That's a great, that's a great testimonial for both, uh, both our partners. So, all right, Trish, let's keep rolling along. I, I want to make sure there's so yeah, many we pilled out. We can't talk about them all, but there's one I want to go next if I can, because there's one. And I we can always do a part two as well. Yeah, I absolutely want to talk about this one. One of the uh, categories we thought up uh, before uh, pulling this together was best movie about entrepreneurship. And there are a lot of them. And the example I came up with is not exactly entrepreneurship, but kind of is. It's kind of that tension between the entrepreneur, the creator, you know, the, the, the guy, the, vision, the person who kind of has all the great ideas versus kind of the corporate people, right? The suits and people trying to tell them what to do. And to me, this is a very underrated movie. The Steve Jobs movie that came out a few years ago, not the one with Ashton Kutcher, but the other one, right? right. Which was way, way better. There's yes. a great scene uh, like a boardroom fight basically between Steve Jobs, who's still with Apple, and John Scully, who Apple had brought in to kind of be like the proverbial adult in the room kind of thing to run the, run the company more professionally to try to get it under control. They had been losing money. There was a lot of tension between what Steve Jobs wanted to do, right? And the, sort of the people who counted up the money wanted him to do. And it's a great, great scene, but there's a key sentence in there where Jobs and Scully are battling and Jobs looks at him and he basically says, you know, I'm an artist, an artist lead and hacks like you essentially ask for a show of hands. And it's just incredibly cool, incredibly tension, great scene. The scene goes on for a while, even after that, like they're, yeah. they're really battling. And, you know, the history of Apple is well known and everybody kind of knows what happened and how it, how it turned back around later. But in that scene, to me, really, really describes that tension and can be in organizations between the people who see themselves as the visionaries, the creators, mm -hmm. the creatives versus say, quote unquote, management, right? Who often, in, in, especially in smaller companies, right? Try to, try to keep things under control. And that, that tension always plays out. And it's a super movie. I love the whole movie, but that scene is my favorite scene in the entire movie. Yeah, I agree with you. That's just a great movie anyway. And I have not rewatched that one. I've only seen it the one time when it first came out. So that's on my list after kind of seeing the show notes for today. I thought, oh, I really want to see that one again. So yeah, that's a good one. Really good one. Um, I want to talk about one, um, we talked about, you know, hiring and we'll probably give our firing scenes maybe as the last one, mm -hmm. but um, I want to talk about when I saw in a, in a recent movie, I told you I was watching that movie Margin Call yes. recently, and it's basically, um, it, it's based on loosely, I would say, a combination of Merrill Lynch, Goldman Sachs, right when, you know, everything was coming crashing down, all these investment banks. And um, it's, it's, not, it's not a scene that really stands out, but as I thought about it, it kind of did. So uh, Jeremy Irons plays, you know, like, like the, the boss, right? Mm -hmm. And he's, he's having, like, they've, they've already come in and they've started firing everyone. They know what's going under. They're telling everyone to, you know, sell as much as they can, basically, and, and get out from under this thing to the, the best of their abilities. So everyone's freaking out. Um, Kevin Spacey plays the head of sales for the bank. And he, he finally just goes to, to Jeremy Irons and says, look, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I just want my options. I just want to get out of this thing. Like, and Jeremy Irons is telling him, like, look, you can't. I need you for at least 24 months because everyone else is getting fired. This is all going under, right? It's really bad. And they didn't even know how bad it was, but they knew it was, it was going to be bad. Um, but basically, um, Jeremy Irons has a discussion with Kevin Spacey and he tells him, because Spacey's like, look, I just want this money so I have something. And he, Jeremy Irons looks at him and says, it's just money. It's made up. It's pieces of paper with pictures on it. <laughs> and then, nice. you know, and he goes on into like what you use money for. And, and that basically 
the whole thing is made up. So he's like, stick around, do your job. It doesn't matter if it's all crap because it's all made up. Everything we do. The reason I picked that one, I think, is because I thought, if you think about lots of our jobs, right. it's all made up. It's all made up. And we're doing our best guess to, right, to uh, make profit for people and whatever. But, but a lot of the things that we do, you don't really have to have. And even the money, the very money, it's just made up. Yeah, so, I like it. A little existential, right? A little philosophical too. I dig it. I have not seen that movie, so I'm going to have to, it's on my list to check out. I'll check it out this week. Uh, All right. So we need to make sure before we wrap, Trish, we hit two major categories. I think we need to hit best quitting scene and then wrap maybe with best getting fired scene or firing someone scene. I I think we might've landed on the same one maybe for the the getting fired one, but for quitting scene, I know it's cliche and we've avoided on workplace movie hall of fame series, We've consciously avoided the movie Office Space. We've avoided it because it's a little bit cliche and everybody talks about that movie and it's kind of the iconic workplace movie in the last 25, 30 years anyway. But having said all that, there's still incredibly great scenes in that movie. The whole movie's littered with great scenes and I feel like one of the best quitting scenes ever is when Jennifer Aniston, who works in kind of like a Fridays, like TGI yeah. Fridays, Houlihan style, Ruby Tuesday style chain restaurant, quits yep. her job. And the, and the little interaction she has with the boss about how many pieces of flair is she wearing in her work oh, uniform, cool. all those crazy buttons and everything. And, oh, and he, when he gets into, I've noticed you only have 15 pieces of flair and right. she tries to start counting them up and she's like, yeah, well, 15 is, that's, that's the minimum. That's what we have to have. And he gives her the whole speech about, well, what do we think about people who are comfortable just doing the minimum, right? And then that, that sets her off about how ridiculous oh. this job is. And like you said, these things don't really matter, right? Like how many buttons you have on your uniform while you're yeah. serving like bad cheeseburgers, right? And, and margaritas in, in the strip mall, could, nothing could be least, less important. And she gives a great speech. She's a, actually, I think an underrated actress, by the way, just as an aside, I think she's a really good actress. And anyway, great, great scene. In, in a movie that's full of great scenes, her quitting that job in front of her boss, can't take the ridiculousness of, of it anymore is, is my favorite. So I'm sure people have seen it, but it's worth, it's worth checking out again on YouTube. So that's my quitting scene I pulled out. I love that. And you know what, that was the easiest category. We had so many options to pick from. Right. And so, um, that's fun. Just, I think if you just go on YouTube and look up like best quitting your job scenes, yeah, it's just fun to watch them. But so anyway, so I do that, um, for me, so getting fired, the first one I'm going to do quick too. The first one is Norma Ray, because I think back to that is just such an iconic, uh, 19, 70 what year was that uh, 79 79 right when sally field is norma ray and she's you know she's trying to bring the unions in and and they're coming in to they're firing her they're going to take her out and she starts screaming you know basically um that you're going to have to get the sheriff to come and get me you know she's refusing to leave i'll wait for the sheriff to come and take me home and she's got that union sign holding up yep. it's so powerful right and then everyone's like with her um but the one that I wanted to mention that is is probably lesser known, and it's from Up in the Air, and we had talked about Up in the Air for a couple of categories, but the one I like is actually um, Clooney and what's her name? Anna, Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. Are, they're firing um, J.K. Simmons. He was also in Whiplash. He's been a lot of things. He's the, right what, the farmer's insurance guy now, I think, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, so... So she's, she's doing the firing. She's doing the standard line that all of us in HR, you know, given people and whatever. And it's crap. 
it's just crap. He's getting fired. He's, it's going to impact his family. So he gives this big, long speech about how it's going to impact his daughters and this and that. And Clooney basically turns it all around on him and says, hey, firing is a rebirth. This is your opportunity. Like I saw on your resume that you like minored in French cooking. And at what, at what point, how much did it take for us to pay you, you know, 15 years or whatever ago, to give up on your dream? And Simmons says, well, it was $27,000. And he's like, exactly, right? <laughs> so here's your rebirth. Go, go do it. Go do your dream. And I thought, God, I wish I would have said that. I mean, it probably would have been awkward if I had said that to someone in, in a reduction in force. But right. I think he's right. Yeah. So, so the real question for me is how much did it take? How many dollars did it take for you to give up your dream? I don't know. Something for everybody to think about, right? Yeah. And I think there's two reasons why that, that stands out. One is Up in the Air is a movie essentially about people getting fired. That's, that's George Clooney's job. He right. flies around the country firing people or informing them they're being laid off and more is probably more accurate. And, but he took the time, right, to look at this gentleman's resume. And J.K. Simmons is an older person. So you, by implication, he's been working there for a long time. long time. And George Clooney dug into this guy's background enough to understand, like, not only what he minored in in college, and then when a job he had sort of helped put himself through college, working at the French restaurant or something, and, and then says, hey, I know you can do this. I know you can cook. I know you can kind of take this and turn it into a positive thing. And uh, you're right. So like that, maybe it probably wouldn't work every single time you have to have that conversation with someone as an HR professional, but there are probably times where it is the right conversation to have and figuring out when to, when to do that uh, would be pretty, pretty valuable and really interesting. Great scene. And that's funny. That was the one we both landed on without talking about it. So, all right, Trish, we could talk about this forever. Maybe we'll do another round of this soon. We probably need to go. So uh, we, let's thank our friends at Paychex and Work Human one more time, of course. And uh, many thanks to them. Also, uh, check out all the archives. Great stuff going. We're, the show's rolling. The work breaks are going great. The Alexa show's going strong as well. Everything, Trish, everything, your source is hrhappyhour.net for all things HR Happy Hour Network. Trish McFarland, great to talk to you today. You too. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.